Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the following. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. And gang, we're going to move into some education because Susan, I believe that education should actually be um, something that everyone gets. And um, you're getting a lot of people, a lot of people really enjoyed that, Susan. A lot of people really enjoyed that. So guys and girls, let's move on. So the first thing is, Susan, do you even want to have a guess who the mentor is? And actually, before I move on, I'm going to put it out there to everyone on Facebook and Insta. On Insta, tag someone right now. Who is the mentor I'm going to talk about? I want to see if anyone picks up the mentor. You're your own mentor. No. So Susan has just had a guess and said, it's you. And Andy Overman has said... And Paul Biller has said it's Paul Biller. Paul, I like you, but you are not officially Wayne the Dyer. mentor I'm talking about. No, it is not Wayne Dyer. Let's start. Gary V. Gary V is up there, I've got to tell you, but it's not Gary V. Tom Panos, it is not. Aaron Robinson says it's Tom Panos. Okay, not. A monk, no. Anita, it is not a monk. Gary V, it's not. Anyone on Insta want to have a punt on who it is? God, George Nikos. I've got to tell you, God is the greatest, but he is not the mentor I'm making reference to here. Yes, Percy Smalls got it. Percy Smalls got it. It is Warren Buffett. It is Warren Buffett. So, guys and girls, let's move on. And I'm going to move on and tell you the five lessons. Let's move on, gang, and have a look at those. I'm in fact... I'm going to bring him up because I made a quick note on it. So what are my five favorite lessons from Warren Buffett? The first one, Susan, is this. The first one is a business one. And what it is, is this, that there are two rules. There are two rules in business. Two rules in business. Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, always refer to rule number one. And the reason why this is such an important, very important lesson for me is that in a, in a, in a, in a world of business which is peppered with ego, what actually happens is that a lot of people actually spend a dollar but don't make a dollar out of it. And what I'd like you to do, and by the way, this excludes charity. Because I believe that if you're in business, if you are in the lucky 1% of the world's population that has an abundance of money because God has given you the ability to be in the right place at the right time with the right brain and has given you the hunger to execute it. So you've got the hustle and you've got the talent and you've got the right environment and you execute. If you're lucky enough to have had that environment and you're executing it, you have an obligation, an obligation if you're in that 1% to help the other 99%. I do believe that. But this is about business and spending money. I believe that you should never be spending money in business unless the dollar you spend brings you more than a dollar back. 
Having said that, there are plenty of people that play the opposite. And that is that they don't spend a dollar to make a dollar or make a dollar plus. Um, and where do they actually end up being short? They end up being short on support staff, like, like a, a real estate agent that doesn't spend money on a PA. Where else? Um, um, Facebook advertising. There's an example. Facebook advertising on people that don't understand that actually investing money on Facebook advertising is probably an investment in your profits. Another thing would be on training. Training itself. Like, think about it. The biggest asset you have is your earning ability. And a lot of people don't think about that. Your earning ability is the biggest asset. So if you can increase your earning ability because what you are is you're exposed to education, coaching, and training that takes you from a 7 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10, that is a good investment. So guys and girls, always remember the two most important rules in business. Number one, make a profit. Number two, always refer to rule number one. I'm going to move on to lesson number two I learned from the great mentor Warren Buffett. And that is, it takes 20 years, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and it takes five minutes to ruin it. Now, if you think about that, you might do things differently. Very important. It takes 20 years to build the reputation and then it will only take you seconds to lose it. Now, I've said it on a Sunday night rant before. Susan, no matter what you think of Bill Clinton, you still think Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky and oral sex, right? So at the end of the day, I have to say to you, and it's not just Bill Clinton, right? You think about um, Todd Carney, when Todd Carney decided to swallow his own urine. Or you think of uh, Mitchell Pierce, you know, simulating screwing a cat or a dog, whatever it was. It wasn't a human being. Um, and what all I'm saying is that when you're aware that you can destroy things in an instant, um, you begin to realize, hey, would I do that again? So, look, don't get me wrong. We're human. We're vulnerable. At the end of the day, accept it. Like, um, sure, you go out partying. Sure, you get tipsy. Sure, chemistry in your body's going. Sure, you might actually want to hook up with someone. Sure, you might be so tipsy that you want to actually end up taking more drugs. All of that stuff. I get it. Here's my advice. If you don't want to slip, don't hang around slippery spots. Number three. This is another very important one. By the way, if you're enjoying this, if you're enjoying this, may I say to you, tag someone. Tag someone. Number three, honesty is a very expensive gift. Don't expect it from cheap people. Honesty is a very expensive gift. Don't expect it from cheap people. And where this is coming from is this. Um, I'm going to actually say to you where this is coming from. Well, Wall Street is the only place where the person drives in with the Rolls Royce to take advice from someone who's actually taken the train in, or in America, what do they call the train in America? Subway. The subway, right? So this is an interesting uh, um, phrase, an interesting comment, and an interesting quote, because you've got to be very careful who you take advice from and who you trust. 
And the reason I say this is that a lot of the times that the people that you get advice from, advisors, coaches, analysts, health experts, relationship experts, they themselves are in quite a mess. And then you have to understand that a lot of the times you're taking advice from people and you've got your shit far better together than what they have. And I say this because you must be very careful who you lend your mind to. You must be very careful who you lend your mind to. And the world is actually full of people that are so-called experts, whether they're, um, you know, people that are giving people advice on business and they themselves haven't had the feeling of running a business. Andrew Martin was just, before coming on, Andrew Martin that runs leader newspapers or actually the head of real estate in Melbourne, said to me, Tom, you're doing amazing stuff in your real estate gym for people in real estate and also the uh, principals and the salespeople. Guys, you know why? It's really simple. I've had the insomnia myself, right? I've had the insomnia. There's a saying, unless you've tasted chocolate, you'll never be able to describe it to anyone. You can read about it. You can do a PhD, but unless you taste it, you know what? And I feel the pain of people in business. So guys and girls, understand what I said there. Honesty is very expensive gift. Don't expect it from cheap people. All I'm saying is be careful who you get your advice from. The next one is this. And this is one of my favorite ones, and that is this. Someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. What is this saying to you? It's saying appreciate where you came from. Appreciate where you came from. What it's saying is this. You may be benefiting right now from other people's hard labor. I don't know. Maybe there's someone here that's a trust kid. A trust kid. Someone that's fucking living off mums and dads and grandparents' fucking trust funds that were built, you know, over a hundred years. All I'm saying is this, guys and girls. Understand that. Respect where you came from. Look back. For me, it's no different. I have to understand that my parents migrated from Greece to Australia in the 60s to allow me to get an education, to have a better standard of living. And I don't forget that. You know, today I spent four or five hours at my parents' house um, hanging out with, you know, my brother and, you know, my parents. And um, I can't help it. I look at, you know, things in the lounge room, photos and albums. When I'm there, I sometimes take old photo albums because I like to know where I come from and I never forget um, why is this also important? You know, Susan, it's like, I hope that you realize this lesson. Someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Like, you're in a lucky spot. You own two properties and the first one, your parents encourage you to buy a property and you should, you know, and that is for a lot of people get support. And I don't even mean financial support. It might actually be moral support. Do the right thing. You, you accept that, don't you? That's a good thing, right? Because it means that at 65 years of age, you're not going to be sitting there, Susan, you know, renting, hoping that you're going to get some fucking record company that's going to pick you up on your fucking album with your fucking, you know, rap songs. Because I'll be quite honest with you, Susan, the verdict is out whether you are going to become a rap artist. Like, I'm giving you a platform. I can only do a certain amount. 
Now, if there's fucking artists and fucking promoters and there's record companies watching here, but at the end of the day, you've taken out insurance and you're in real estate, you own a couple of properties, and that's a good thing. But I'm also hoping, I'm also hoping, Susan, these videos, I want these videos, by the way, to be actually stored and never to be taken online. Because when Madeline and Christina get older, my 14-year-old and my 12-year-old daughter, I want them to watch this. I want them to understand wherever they're sitting, in someone's shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. In fact, you know what we're doing? Guys and girls, I've got a great announcement to make, and that is this. We are putting the Sunday Night Rant on podcast. Sunday Night Rant will be a podcast on the iTunes store. Um, we're stripping, we're stripping the audio, and what it's going to be is that every one of our Sunday Night Rants are going to be a podcast that you can listen to while you drive. We're going to take away the start. We're going to take away the end. So there's not the, hi, everyone, welcome here. So people can move straight into the content. And this is, by the way, this is what's happening in this new world of um, content. You can actually repurpose content that's video like we you know we're using this Rode mic so the sounds good we strip the content off and we actually upload it as an audio you actually can we've got it we've got it on our YouTube channel the point is that we're making in this new world that we live in it's all about content and distribution and you know why I'm going to do this Susan because I'm not going to let Mark Zuckerberg take total control of our distribution network we're going to actually be keep doing this but we're actually going to have the Sunday night rant podcast. Anyway, let's move on. And I'm just going to say with uh, you that another lesson that comes out of Warren Buffett when we talk about someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago, it's about playing the long game. And the truth is you wouldn't have had that shade if that thing wasn't planted. And there's a great saying in real estate, it's not like um, like the best time to buy real estate, I think this is a Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the next best time is today. So gang, same applies in real estate. The best time to buy real estate was 20 years ago, the best time is now. Okay, play the long game as Tina says. Good to see you Tina. Next, next advice Make your own forecasts. Why am I bringing this one up? Make your own forecasts. Why? It's really simple. I want you to understand, forecasts tell you nothing about the future, but they tell you everything about the forecaster. I will say that again. Forecasts tell you nothing about the future, but they tell you everything about the actual forecaster. And the reason I say this is, as someone that goes into Sky Business for the last six, seven years every week, and I run into people that are forecasters on the share market, on the real estate market, general economics, and I have to say to you, what do I see, Susan? I see a bunch of people that pretty much are clueless, that have a platform. And all I can say to you is that no one has a monopoly on the truth. And people like Harry Dent, who have made numerous predictions over the years that the real estate market is going to drop by 40%. And he has actually cost Harry Dent, that is, did I say Henry Dent? Sorry, Harry Dent. 
It makes no difference. The guy's got a dented brain. Um, so the point, the point I'm making is that I think that forecasting is all guesswork. So why don't you create your own forecast? And while we're talking about some of the other lessons that I've learned from Warren Buffett, let me tell you that I believe that diversification is absolute garbage. Diversification is insurance for ignorance. That's right. Because if you are ignorant on a subject and you don't know it well enough, you actually have to diversify to protect you in case you make some fucking stupid decisions. But if you know your core product inside out, you don't have to diversify. And I know that goes contra to a lot of financial people's advisors, but as I've told you, I can tell you what most financial people's advisors is, it's not the best, right? Because the truth of the matter is they haven't even got their phone finances in order. Gang, that's it. I'm going to move on to the fun topic, Susan. And what is the fun topic? The fun topic is this. The fun topic, guys and girls, is flirting, the art of seduction, hooking up, and the stuff that all the young guys and girls want to hear, and maybe those that aren't so young and old, but have actually come onto the marketplace. Let's have a look. So, number one, listen very carefully. Number one, number one piece of advice in the world of dating is this. Um, the less needy you are, the more attractive you'll be to another person. The less needy you are, the more attractive you'll be to another person. So let me give you examples of being needy. The person that calls too many times. The person that calls too soon. You agree, Susan? The person that leaves lots of messages. It's like prospecting. Yes, it's a bit like prospecting, Susan. The person that, or the person that, you know when a girl says a joke, and the person that laughs really hard, that makes it sound like it's the funniest joke in the world, and they sort of just go full out, when in fact it's a fucking stupid joke, right? So, um, or the person that's looking for the other person's approval all the time. That is a sign of neediness. Let's move on to the second thing that's going to help you in the world of dating. Number two, um, be prepared to be vulnerable. Very attractive people show their vulnerability. They show their vulnerability. And what I mean by this is that they're prepared to be at risk. They're prepared to express an opinion that might offend others. Um, um, and by the way, I reckon be prepared to express an opinion that affect others, I think that that's something I don't need training in, right? I just realised that. But you should, you should, you, you should, you should. The next one is not, you know, like another thing that shows vulnerability is not agreeing with other people. So when you, when you, um, when you, when you agree with other people, that becomes a little bit sort of needy. Not agreeing with people shows that you're vulnerable. Or, you know what? I just thought of one. Saying a joke that might not be funny, that's being vulnerable. Saying a joke that might not be funny, that might, and, and that improves your attractiveness. Now, here's the deal with, you know, guys and girls catching up with each other, dating. I want you to understand that people fall into three categories. Number one, they're receptive, 
which means that you approach them, you flirt with them, and it feels like it's good. Then there is what I call the neutral. The neutral is the person that could be receptive, but might be unreceptive. Um, generally speaking, um, it's more for girls. Girls are the ones that would be more, in my mind, the neutral. Because with guys, with guys, you'll find that they're very much into the aesthetics and the looks and the appearance. So they're not that they're 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 not that much in the neutral category. But a female is in a neutral category. But what I will say is this that she won't stay in the neutral category for a long time, right? She'll, she'll change. There, there are factors that will... Susan's thinking about everything I'm saying, right? She's sort of saying, where's this guy going? So let me just repeat. With a guy, the guys aren't normally... So there's three categories. There's receptive, there is neutral or unreceptive. So guys are normally in the neutral. They either like a girl or they don't, right? It's all physical. That's why I've got to pretty much tell you, let me just move this mic here on Insta. With guys, you know, particularly with, you know, in the, you know, like I've got to tell you, the gay Mardi Gras, there would be a lot of sex that would happen as a result of the gay Mardi Gras. Why? Because you're getting guys together. That's the way it works. And I'm sorry, I know this is not politically correct, but I'm telling you, as it is, and go do your own research on it. Don't take, don't take, don't think I'm gospel here, right? Okay. And then you've got the unreceptive. Now, the unreceptive, like, you know, like, unreceptive might be because, they could be unreceptive because they're actually taken. They could be unreceptive because they don't find you attractive. So, all I'm saying is understand that Females, many females, and most people, by the way, guys and girls, listen to me very carefully. I want you to know that the majority of people are either going to be unreceptive or neutral. They're not going to be receptive. So if you're a guy or girl that gets rejected a lot, particularly guys, you are in the largest category. That is stock standard. That is stock standard. So... All I'm going to say to you is, um, and by the way, if someone um, if someone is in the neutral category, I think that you've got to actually put your hand up and sort of say something to see whether there's interest there. Because um, uh, if if you don't. There is a possibility, and this happens a lot. I notice it with guys. They fall into what I call the friend zone. And the friend zone is they become like just, I'm just this girl's friend all the time, right? I'm just this girl's friend all the time. And there's plenty of that that goes on. I've got plenty of guys that have said to me, I, you know, I like her, but like, I've, the way it's all worked out is I'm just like, I feel like I'm a fucking relationship expert here. I'm curious, where did you get this, uh, this advice from and this research from? Uh, Susan, part of it is me reading it. Part of it is me, my own experience from years ago. Have you been doing research on Tinder, Tom? No, I haven't been doing, but Steve Carroll gave us a lot of research on Tinder. Next, next, let me tell you a little bit about... you actually went on a date? Let me just tell... Susan, remember one thing. You're the rapper. I'm the philosopher here. Demographics. Demographics is the next thing. And what you've got to do is you've got to fish where the fish are. So think about this concept for a moment. If you are a gym junkie 
and your life is about fitness and your life is about, you know, um, 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 working out at the gym or you're into, you know, running or whatever it is. That's basic common sense. You are not going to meet your girlfriend at a fucking library, right? So that's like basic common sense. Or if you're the sort of person that loves dancing, think about who's your demographic. Fucking dance classes or salsa nights. Or if you're into personal development, you should be a sort of person that is going off and doing personal development courses because you've got common interests. So all I'm saying is that's just basic demographic. Basic demographics, fish where the fish are. But why I'm saying that, by the way, guys and girls, by the way, I'm also going to say to you, fish where the fish are, but remember this, you don't want to be fishing where there's too many fishermen. And this is another Tom Panos theory. And my Tom Panos theory is this, that if you look at girls or guys and you end up having to put an attractiveness score on people, right? And say 10 is that they just, you know absolutely beautiful he or she looks like a model and one is that they don't it's the other end of the spectrum i'll have to say to you what do most people do they go for the group in the middle because it feels safe they feel like they're that's within my league and i'll go that the problem is everyone thinks that so what actually happens is all the people that are 10 or 9 the glamours the hot looking girls or guys no one's going for them because everyone's fucking shit scared anyway let's move on I want to move on. I actually don't even feel comfortable talking about this topic. So I'm going to go through very fast, but I'm sure it's adding value. Next, some final tips. Let me just give you some final tips and we're going to finish it off. Susan is looking at me with a weird look. But Susan, do you realize the amount of fucking smiles that are coming to me? The amount of people hitting the button saying, bring it on, Tom. Let's start the dategym.com.au. Number five. Final tips, some final tips I'm going to give you guys and girls before we finish off is this. Um, fashion and fitness is probably the best piece of advice to improve someone's attractiveness. Fashion and fitness, 100%. The next thing is this. Understand that sometimes the issue is you've got to change your thoughts. You've got to change to some have some useful beliefs, as Chris Helder says, and that is there's a bunch of guys or girls that simply have a story in their head that there is no available people to meet. There is no available people to meet. I think that what you've got to do is actually change that and maybe have an affirmation that there is a lot of people and people go out to meet people so they can actually um, build relationships and start romances. Um, I think that what you've also got to do is listen to me very carefully. What you resist will persist. And if you're the guy that is continually going out on a Saturday night, sitting there, looking weak, desperate, trying to, you know, hook up. I'm saying this to you. You will not meet anyone unless you have the courage to go and speak to them. If that means that you must initially just start off with, I don't know, if you're so shy, if you are so socially anxious that you simply don't go up to people, here's my advice. Next Saturday, all I want you to do is the following. Go out and ask 10 girls the fucking time. 
That is an incremental piece of advice to help you get out of your comfort zone, right? If you are just too scared to do it, right? Go out and just say, do you mind me asking what the time is? That actually gets you into fucking approaching someone. Then next week, we might even give you second pieces of advice. All I'm saying, Susan, is this. You can't meet people unless you speak to people. And if you... Go on, Susan. What are you going to say? Advice. So what? Um, Susan's going to give me some advice. What Matthew Husey says, he's a relationship expert. Who? Matthew Husey. Yeah, it's a YouTube channel all about dating. So what he says. So Susan, he so you you watch a guy called Matthew Husey yeah, on I YouTube. Do. So basically, yeah. I'm providing an unmet need because here you're telling me that you actually watch something and I'm here. <laughs> Continue. Girls and guys will usually stay within their own friends, with their own friends. They won't talk to other people. So what you do, if you're ordering drink and there's a girl next to you, just say, hi, my name's Tom or my name's Susan, how are you going? And then what happens is 30 minutes later, when you're, when you're walking past them again, you go, oh, hey, Susan, how's your night going? And then you strike up a conversation with them. So then you're not looking desperate. You've already met them before and it's warm. Okay, so Susan's bringing up a very valid point. And that is when you meet people, when you meet people, when you've got a lot of people around you, you don't look like the fucking loser that's desperate and weak in the nightclub that is a little bit of a fucking creep, if you ask me. You know the guy that's sitting there with a drink in his hand? That was so funny. Anyway, all I'm getting at is that when you've got people around around you, right? You've got people around you and they look like you're the person, the main person, you're the center of attention, other people are saying that person must be good. So there's no question about it. Having people around you improves your attractiveness. Anyway, let's move on. Gang, I want to also just give you some... Other useful thoughts is this. Um, oh, let me touch on this. Age, money, and looks. Do they matter? To some people, a lot. To some people, not at all. But they influence, I think, everyone. To some sort of extent. So... What I'd like to say to you is this. The older you are, the more money and status you're expected to have. Fact of life. Or the less money you have, the less looks you have, and the less success you have, you better be very good on the inside on some of these points that we spoke about, right? Because you've got to work your strengths. So what this means is everyone can be super happy because it means that you have got control of factors. So 100%, absolutely, money helps, status helps, looks helps, but guess what? Everyone is a fucking winner if they never come across as being desperate. And can I just say to you, success is an inside job. Self-improvement is what is going to improve your attractiveness for those of you that are on the dating scene. Guys and girls... I was going to touch on about Jamie Packer. And Jamie Packer is now going into mental rehab and he's already had the uh, operation where they shrink people's stomach, whatever they call it. Uh, stomach, I don't know what the operation is called. Um, and I was, I, I was, I'll talk about him very briefly. So, so Susan, 
Um, Jamie Packer, um, um, here's the deal. This is what I get out of the Jamie Packer thing. Banding, that's it. Thank you, Lisa, the banding surgery. What I get, gastric banding surgery. What I get out of Jamie Packer is this. Take it from me, that um, there's no evidence or correlation to suggest the more wealth you have, the more wealth you have, that you will be happier. The research shows that at some point, Things can be really hard in life if you are earning a very small amount of money and you don't have the basic necessities like good food, living in an area that is actually acceptable to you and um, being able to uh, sleep where you don't have too much noise so you get decent sleep, um, food, basically Maslow's hierarchy, right? But after that, I've got to say to you, it's not going to make a hell of a difference whether you're on 400,000 or 800,000 or a million or two million. And in his case, I'm going to say to you, money can't buy a happiness, as Andy Overman says, and money doesn't get rid of problems. It will help you arrive at your problems with style. So he's sorting his problems in some fucking resort in Europe, I believe, right? And he's flown in in a private jet. So that's what money allows you. But it doesn't get rid of the problem that he's had. So what this is saying to you is, I'm telling you, your external happiness will be highly influenced by your internal happiness. And what this basically means is this, that don't think the grass is greener because if you're not happy with what you've got right at the moment, what makes you think you'll be happier with more? And on that point, I have to say something. may I just say, you must have a total attitude of gratitude. What did you want to say, Susan? Oh, I forgot to say this earlier. Oh, is he finished? Yes. No. By the way, so, back to the... Very loud, Susan. Very loud. So, back to the dating thing. But, um, this, is the line, this, is, this is line from Eminem's right. If you're on the phone with someone and you want to get off the phone and the, let's say you're on the phone with them on Bluetooth, you say, dude, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You're making my Bluetooth ache. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Okay. Do you understand that even though Susan does 20 things that are really, really good every week, gets the content out. Make sure that every real estate gym member is getting the best information to help them every day. And, uh, and by the way, can I just say that I'm going to record a podcast on the seven things you need to do to get price reductions. And our real estate gym members will be getting that tomorrow. Only gym members will be getting the real estate gym podcast. And that's a really important topic at the moment because a lot of real estate agents are going to end up having overpriced turkeys. So Susan does all of that. But I've got to tell you, do you see the things that I have to put up with? That I'm finishing a rant and she says I have something important to say. That was very important. Also, Tom Ferry is going to be on the webinar. Guys and girls, Tom Ferry. What's the date, Susan? Let's bring up the Let's date. Bring up the date. Tom Ferry. It's just after Easter. Yes, give us the everyone, date, Susan. Susan, uh, the date. We have Tom Ferry, the world's best real estate coach. 
the world's best real estate. Wednesday, the 4th of April, 9 a.m. Okay, time. Wednesday, the 4th of April, Everyone Sydney time. Wednesday, the 4th of April, Sydney time. Guys and girls, what we're doing is we have a 45-minute webinar called Modern Marketing and Lead Generation by Tom Ferry that's live with the best, the best. And um, you're going to get uh, an email and you're going to get social media notification on that. Guys and girls, on that point, if you're a real estate gym member and you haven't booked for ARIC, don't forget, you're saving $350 using the ARIC code only for real estate gym members. Guys and girls, on that point, I want to wish you all the best. Have a great uh, um, uh, week ahead of you. I'm heading off to New Zealand tomorrow morning. It has been a 12-week sprint for me. I have to tell you, I have pushed so hard the last 12 weeks and it is coming to an end on Wednesday. Um, gang, let's leave it at that. And always remember, make passion your paycheck. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week at 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next?